Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. Today, today is the 12th of July, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to the Chris Middleton special. What prompted me to create this was a list that was uh, created, I believe, by Bleach Report just, I think, two days ago. And it was ranking the top 100 players in the NBA this bolded, italicized, and underlined this season. And although I didn't actually read the entire list because I think those are always really dumb, and I don't think disingenuous is the right word, but I think even if it was a group of writers sort of compiling all of their knowledge into this list, um, the reality is you're not going to... It's not even about pleasing everybody. You're not going to please anyone. Like, period. Nobody's going to be happy with the list. And it's just going to it's gonna get people talking about it. And it's going to open some dialogue. And, like, that's great at the end of the day. But these lists are always stupid. And they always just serve to make people mad. And I'm not really interested in that. And I don't really care about lists nor what other people's rankings are. Like, give me your top three. We can talk about that. But after that, I'm pretty much out. From what I do know about the list, the biggest issues that people had... Uh, most notably, I think Russ was at 23. And then the biggest one was that Chris Middleton was 10th. And what this did was it opened a lot of, well, let's just call it what it is. A lot of people told on themselves within the last 48 hours whether or not they actually watch basketball outside of their own preferred team and, like, the Lakers. And it was very clear that people don't understand the impact and the play of Chris Middleton. So let's talk a little bit about it today. And I don't know if I'm exactly the champion for that. I don't know if I'm the guy that people should really look to for Chris Middleton hype because I think there are plenty of Bucks fans who would be able to better articulate his value, um, you know, more so than I actually could. But, you know, we're going to give it a shot. And I know that there's a not a large contingency, but there's a pretty decent group, decent chunk of Bucks fans who don't believe in Chris Middleton as it is, which is baffling to me. And I think here's actually what I want to start with. Chris Middleton is, I think, really the perfect metaphor for where the Bucks are at as an organization in terms of their viewed respect around the league and around the fan base of just the NBA in general. Because when you look at the Bucks and when you talk about the Bucks, and if you're me and you always talk about how they're the best team on the planet, you always catch a lot of flack for that. And I don't really as much anymore because I have so many Bucks fans that follow me. So usually it just is followed by a bunch of hype and it's just a really easy way to score brownie points, admittedly. But I also genuinely believe it. Generally, though, if you say it somewhere where you're not surrounded by Bucks fans, you're going to be called an idiot and you'll be ridiculed for it. The Bucks are disrespected. And it's largely because we have no reason to believe in them. Because in their small, like, two-year run of success that we've had right here, uh, they fizzled out in the playoffs last year, and they haven't given us a legitimate reason to believe in them. At the end of the day, that's true. Now, a lot of it, if you're calling the Bucks the best team on the planet, it's faith. It's faith that they are going to deliver uh, on your expectations. And by me- by my best approximation, I do believe that they're going to do that. Uh in large part due to the X factor that is Chris Middleton. But the reason that I say that Chris is like the quintessential embodiment of where the Bucks are at right now, talk about a guy who does everything 
on a nightly basis for this team and is still disrespected and people still won't pay attention to what he does. And it's kind of just like where the Bucks are, where it doesn't matter how good on, they are on the floor, people are still going to write them off. People still won't pay attention to them. And you don't really see that with many other Bucks. You don't see that, obviously, with Giannis. No one's going to put him outside of their top three. You don't see that with, I think maybe the closest would be, what, Brooke, probably. And that was mainly because he had a bad year this year from the perimeter, where he shot like 29%. But last year, I think I said this like two episodes ago, I think he hit um, like more threes than any seven footer in the history of basketball. And someone no one's corrected me on that yet. Again, I'm pretty sure that's what the, the metric was. Um, but even you look at a guy like Dante, it's not that people disrespect Dante. If you know, you know, if you don't, people aren't really downplaying it because they don't know. Um, so Chris is really the only one for the Bucks. I, I feel like off the top of my head, he's really the only one that I feel like catches any sort of flack whatsoever. And none of it is justified ever. I think what a lot of this derives from was probably the Toronto Raptors series from a year ago, because if, if there's ever any coherent Chris Middleton slander, they usually reference back to the playoffs, right? Where he was struggling defensively. He couldn't find his shot. I know he had uh, a, he had a double-double, I think, in Game 6, was it? Or no, it was Game 5, because Game 6 he just wasn't good. But it was Game 5 that he had like 10 boards and 10 assists, but I think he only went for like 6 points. He couldn't find a shot, he was bad defensively, and it was just wasn't really the Chris Middleton that we were used to. But I think what people too often forget was that before that, he was basically, it was on brand. Like the, the two series before that, um, in the 9 games that he had played, he averaged like 19-6 and See, this is one of those episodes where I should probably be doing more research instead of trying to be like Jay-Z and keeping it all in the head. Uh, if I really want to prop him up, I should probably be getting actual like de definitive analytics. But instead, I'm just going off of memory. So hopefully this all actually plays out well. Field goal percentage was on par with what he had been doing. I think it was like 43%. Three-point percentage, I remember specifically for no reason at all, was 46.7. And then he shot, I think, up over 90% from the line. Uh, and then he also averaged 19 a game. I don't think I said that uh, in the two series that they played before the Toronto series. And that's, again, ultimately where a lot of the flack comes from. And that's kind of their only argument. And then they'll often say something along the lines of, you know, he'll disappear in and out of games throughout the course of the regular season. Um, no. Like, honest to God, I think I could tell you one game this season, one game where Chris Middleton was actually bad. And it was a game that was in December. And they were they were playing Dallas. Um, I, I think it was at home. And Chris had, like, nine points and shot, like, 25% from the field. Like, he was genuinely bad that game. But I, if memory serves, it was the only game that he scored less than 10 points the entire duration, like, this entire season. Uh, anytime that I feel like Chris Middleton, quote unquote, kind of fades into the background, listen, he doesn't always have to be that guy. And that is more like an attestment to how good the Bucks actually are. That's kind of their thing is if one guy is kind of down a little bit, I guess this kind of defeats my uh, it's contradicting a little bit because I can't say that Chris Middleton doesn't kind of fade away into the moment. And then make this point. I'm still going to make this point. I just, I guess I can't figure out how to articulate it. You guys will know what I mean. The Bucks are so good because different players can rise to the occasion at different times, right? Let's say Eric Bledsoe is kind of struggling. That's okay. 
because George Hill is going to be right there. Let's say uh, Pat Connaughton is kind of struggling, which he was, and Dante DiVincenzo stole his minutes, right? So it's always just kind of the next man up with this Milwaukee Bucks team. And I'm, I'm generalizing it. There are more examples than that, but I try to keep these episodes short. Chris Middleton is a guy who, and I think I've said this three times in the last three days, he's averaging 50-40-90 on a team that was once on pace to win 70 basketball games. To continue to... Uh, I guess for lack of a better word, downplay everything that he achieves on the court. Let me tell you something about Chris Middleton. Is there anybody in the league, like other than Clay Thompson, who can do as much damage with zero dribbles as they do if they actually put the ball on the floor? Because that's one of the most insane things about Chris Middleton is how versatile he is. And he truly is like the closest thing that we have to another Clay Thompson in the NBA. And I- I'm going to be honest, yeah, I would still take Clay. I think most people probably would, except with the exception of Bucks fans. Um, but a-, a guy who this season alone, and I the reason I keep saying this season is because that's really what we're talking about. He has every reason to be the 10th best player in the NBA. This season alone, he goes on a 34-game stretch where in 24 of those games, he shoots over 50% from the field. And that's the stretch where he averages 20 a game, uh, like six boards, four and a half assists on 52% from the field, 45% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. So there, there he is again, the 50-40-90 guy. A guy who can make a he's, – he's seamlessly – he could be seamlessly placed on every, every single team in the league, all 29 teams – could use Chris Middleton, and he would thrive in the exact same way that he has in Milwaukee. And in some cases, he would actually be better, which I feel like that's maybe a separate episode. It's like, where would he be maximized best? Honestly, it's it might still be Milwaukee. These, these 3 and D, these two-way players who can be just as effective on one end of the floor as they are on the other. The list doesn't begin and end with Chris Middleton. But these types of players are so highly coveted in today's NBA. And what makes Chris Middleton so fun on offense is he doesn't just have to play from the perimeter. He can go around a screen and he can pull up from like 20 feet. He can also play with his back to the basket a little bit. And I know that he bullied, I think it was Troy Brown. Uh, He bullied him in the paint a little bit. I think it was the night that Chris had 51. Chris Middleton can bury you from anywhere on the floor any given moment and he can he doesn't even have to dribble like again i don't know why i'm so fixated on that but it's 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 that's that's kind of what makes clay thompson so fun right is he'll hit 14 threes and have like six dribbles the entire game chris middleton could do that exact same thing like some of the purest mechanics in the league and defensively i guess statistically maybe he was a little bit down this year but i'm really just basing that off of the fact that he averaged like 0.1 less steals but He's a catalyst in what makes the Bucks such a, a lethal force on both ends of the floor, and specifically defensively. He's literally a perfect number two. He is a perfect sidekick, and probably one of, if I don't want to say the best, but one of the best sidekicks in basketball. He's one of the most like humble and hard, and like I'm, I don't want to get into characteristics that don't directly tie into basketball, but like these low maintenance sidekicks and these low maintenance stars because we can call chris milton a star we don't want to call him a superstar but he is also a two-time all-star so having him next to Giannis, it's probably like the absolute best thing that could happen because i don't know if there's a player outside of clay thompson again that could be 
replaced with Chris Middleton and the Bucks would see just as much success. I cannot name a single player. And let me just, I think one of the, another thing that I love so much about Chris Middleton is like he will do so much damage in the most quiet way possible. Like there's going to be those outlying games where he's like 7 of 10 from 3 and has 51 like he did against Washington. But then you have these nights where he's just so quiet. And I think it's because the attention's not on him. Where you get to the end of the game and you look at the box score, and there have been times this season specifically where I'm watching a box game and I'm like, Chris Middleton hasn't really done that much. And then you look at the line and you're like, the dude had 25. 10 and four on like nine of 13 shooting. When did that happen? I can't remember a single bucket that he had. He just moves in silence and it's so entertaining, which I guess is actually, again, contradictory because if he moves in silence and it's entertaining, I don't know. When you look back at the list and you take into account, there's no Steph, there's no clay, there's no KD. There's no Kyrie. Like, there's so many superstars that are injured this season. No. It is entirely within the realm of possibility to think that Chris Middleton was a top 10 player this season. And I hate just leaning on 50-40-90. And also, I know he finished, well, the season will pick back up. But as of right now, he's 49.9. Uh, wait, is it 50, 40 and 90. So he's like that point one away. I know, but he's a 50-40-90 guy. That's like your indication right there. And he was an all-star. A gifted, amazing, and flat-out unbelievable scorer. An elite defender. And from everything that I've ever seen or ever read about him, Chris Middleton is an exceptional teammate and a tremendous human being. And... I would be very curious to, again, hear a coherent argument why he doesn't deserve to be in the top 10. Because if you want to... This has turned into, like, a Russell Westbrook versus Chris Middleton thing. If we're talking about this season, like, yeah, once Russell Westbrook eliminated the three-point shot, his post-January stretch was unbelievable, and it was quite possibly the best iteration of himself that we've ever seen. But Chris Middleton's been doing this all year. All time, I might take Russell Westbrook. And then if you want to talk about, if you want to go back to that irreplaceable jargon and you want to talk about how nobody can replace Chris, but he would be a seamless fit on all 29 teams in the NBA. Well, all 30, I'm just excluding the Bucks. The same cannot be said about Russell Westbrook. So if you want to turn it into that, the conversation begins and ends there. Chris Middleton is a certified gamer. He's a two-time All-Star, a member of the illustrious 50-40-90 club. Kind of, with a little asterisk, because it might dip. If it dips, like, I won't say it anymore. If the season resumes and he dips out, I won't say it anymore. But right now, I'm going to say it. And I sincerely wish that people would watch, because it would be a Bucks game. Because if you watch for a quarter, it is painfully obvious how good Chris Middleton is. If you made it this far, folks, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. And if you got to the end of this and you still don't believe in Chris Middleton, you're a moron. I will catch you guys in the next one.